0: Hello everybody, welcome back to The Way That I See It, but today is The Way We See It, because I'm interviewing my gorgeous friend Nikki, who has been a guest on the podcast before, but we're talking about something quite different today. So Nikki, rather than me do you a disservice, darling, (laughs) because I could talk about one thing and you're like, no, no, that's not me today, because we all change who we are every single day, I personally believe that. Tell everybody a little bit about you, maybe actually just in context of what we're going to talk about today maybe talk a little bit about you and yeah, and just introduce yourself because otherwise I'll do a disservice.
1: Okay, I am Nikki Wetherill, um, sometimes known as Celestial Soul Coach on Instagram. Mum, wife, sex geek, healing, passionate. Um, like Lucy, a multi-passionate with work too. Um, I've got many faces, uh, many roles. Um, And today we're going to talk about the more woo-woo side of things, a little bit of science in there too, because it's really important that what we talk about is backed up by science, but uh, something um, that really, like we've just said off camera, is going to be like, this. it's been around for a long time, but it's coming more into the kind of mainstream, if you like,
0: yeah, totally. And so for context of everybody kind of listening, obviously, in if you're a regular podcast listener, you know, I've talked a lot about how over the previous kind of six to nine months, I've been working on restoring my central nervous system. And so what that's meant to me is that cognitively, I've processed a lot of the more difficult things that have happened to me. I'm always reluctant to use the words trauma, although in the context of central nervous system healing, Trauma just means anything your body has stored. It doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation to it. So I've been cognitively, I feel like I've cognitively dealt with my more negative experiences. I feel like I'm very easily can shift a limiting belief or, you know, on the surface, I'm very much there. And actually what I worked out was that deep down, it was kind of like end of summer last year, mid to end of summer. That I just had this overwhelming feeling of not feeling safe and that I was, trying to pursue all these outwardly things, not necessarily out of a place of desire. And you guys know that desire for me is the number one priority is that when we act out of desire, we're always going to be in alignment. I was actually acting out of this need to feel safe. And what I worked out was that although logically and cognitively, I was safe, you know, I have a house and a mortgage and savings and, you know, a relationship and my life is, you know, outwardly pretty perfect. Actually, deep down, there was a, you know, a story running in the background of my life that made out like I was only safe if. But the thing is, cognitively, I knew that that was just a story. So why was it allow- Why was I allowing it to run the show? And the answer was because my central nervous system was imprinted, right? If you've ever watched Twilight, I love the word imprint, right? And if you, <laughs> my central nervous system was basically living in the past. So my therapist said this one line to me and it changed my the rest of my life. So two lines. First one was the story of your life is stored in your body. And I was like, Oh, yeah, can feel that. And the second one is we will always recreate situations that feel like home. Mm -hmm. And so the home bit for me was what was happening was that because life was so good, like life was genuinely so good. But whenever in my early years, you know, childhood and teen years, whenever life was really good, something unpredictable would happen and it turns out now that my um my my dad is neurodiverse so we know that now and had we known that then we would have the unpredictability of life at that time right in that stage of life would have meant that we understood that life was going to be unpredictable but we didn't and so as a child when things are unpredictable you create stories and paradigms and you take so much on energetically about what's happening around you and that is what feels like home so home just means what feels familiar what feels regular what feels like you're used to Mm. and this is why a lot of people don't ever out they can cognitively understand they're worth more or do better but it's why they don't ever leave those paradigms and stories because they feel like home so when I wrap my head around this I ask my therapist this very big question so how the fuck do I fix it because we know me I'm like right okay great no other problem, cool, ticket off. Event manager mode switched on. And she said, somatic healing. And I went, Google, what is somatic healing? And basically it's body work. It's releasing trauma from, that's the way I describe it. It's releasing trauma from the body, is reconditioning, restoring the central nervous system so that it feels safe. And so that is what I have been working on for the past six to nine months. And it's a never ending journey. Once you, if you're a very sensitive person, If you have a sensitive nervous system, for whatever reason, you know, and one of the reasons is I was quite sick as a child. Like I said, unpredictable parenting. They can be really common reasons. It means that you are probably going to have to do this work on an ongoing basis forever. So this is what led me, and obviously Nikki and I have been friends for a long time. And this is what led me. So Nikki posted on Facebook about doing a cacao ceremony and sound bath at the spring equinox. Now, you guys know that I had Reiki in December and the the Reiki practitioner said to me, there will be new life in spring and soul elevation. And I went, all right. (laughs) I was like, okay, sure. We'll wait and see. Obviously we ended up getting a puppy. So there's the new life for you. (laughs) And um, the soul elevation was definitely exactly what I needed. He told me to hibernate over winter and there would be soul elevation and new life in spring. So when I saw this spring equinox, I was like, uh, okay, that that feels aptly timed. So Nikki, for anyone listening, what on earth is a cacao ceremony and a sound bath? Because the truth of it is, although I kind of knew what it was, I was just going to turn up and home for the best. <laughs>
1: so uh, cacao, I actually, um, I don't tend to use the word ceremony. Um, you won't see it in my advertising. I use, um, the term I use is sound bath with cacao, because I believe that the term ceremony should be sacred and for the tribes where it came from so a big thing for me is appropriation and use of words etc so although sometimes i will slip up through old habits that i've been relearning um, i try really really hard to hammer this home <laughs> about appropriation because cacao isn't from our land cacao is from the amazon um i use very specific um cacao from a specific place because i know the lineage i know that the people that harvest it are paid an overly fair wage they're they're looked after their dignity is respected that privacy is respected they're not printed on websites anywhere so that their their pictures are used for marketing for example so it's really important that it's respected so um cacao is the rawest form of chocolate it's what you would have any chocolate bar made out of but by the time you get it as a traditional like chocolate bar It's been heavily processed um, and has got loads of other stuff mixed in it. So cacao is the rawest form. Um, And I actually, I wrote down a few things because um, it's a lot to remember and I wanted to get the the names right. My my brain sometimes goes on overwhelm, but basically um, it's really high in magnesium, which is uh, really great for recovery and sleep. Um, And it contains tryptophan, which converts to serotonin. Which we know as the happy kind of happy hormone, happy chemical, um, helps you to manage stress. It's got lots of health benefits from um, improved mood. It helps you feel calm. Um, it helps neural activity. It's anti-inflammatory, and it contains things like copper, iron, potassium, zinc, B12. So it's got this whole host as a na- as in its rawest form, as a uh, a, a kind of really full of health benefits basically. What happens in a a cacao, what people call cacao ceremony, is it is taken in a high dosage. So you would take a specific amount of cacao per person. And if you are someone that's really new to it, you might have a slightly lower dose. People don't always drink it all. and basically, it has a stimulating effect, not in the same way that caffeine does, like in coffee. But it has this stimulating effect, and they say cacao is a heart opener. So that's kind of like the sciencey bit. It, it heart opens in the sciencey way that it it widens the blood vessels. But actually, we're talking about a legal medicine here. <laughs> it's legal, a legal plant medicine. It's not like other psycho. Uh, well it's not a psychedelic, but it's not like mushrooms, for example. Um, but it is a plant medicine and it comes from the Amazon where it's been used for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and I don't even begin to comprehend the magic that comes from cultures that we don't understand fully other than through western eyes but essentially it creates this really heart opening effect it, culture, um, it cultivates a nurturing, a self-care. And the way I hold the space is what contributes to people's experience. That you could go and drink that. I've drunk it before and gone to the gym because I wanted some... I did it in like a ceremonial way, but I wanted to like experience. Because when you do movement with cacao, it increases its... Um, response So I've gone for a walk before and I've just felt like the most the most blissful walk so then I just thought, I'll see what happens just doing my own little experiment of, of how, how compassionate can I be to myself in the gym you know when you've been on these journeys with body image and all of that kind of thing and just have this like really profound and slightly high workout which I don't recommend by the way don't do it but that's the power of what is essentially a hot chocolate is that you know, it's opening your blood vessels, it's creating this kind of bliss feeling. There's actually, um, uh, one of the properties has got the word Ananda in it, which literally translates to bliss in Sanskrit. So ancient, ancient medicine um, to be massively respected. Um, And when used in the right space, At the right dosage can create these huge insights and awakenings and help us find the the wisdom and the knowledge but i would like to stress that um in what people might call like a ceremony or a a space holding that there's this huge amount of guidance that goes into that too apart from the the drinking of it to help people have the right experience Does that makes sense. Obviously, you know because you've been there. Totally but for anyone not that. listening, they don't know what the procedure is.
0: Yeah, totally get what you mean about ceremony and like you actually talked about that on the night as well, which I loved. And it's just like you say, it's the appropriation of basically using it to open us up to then what was going to happen next. And I think uh it was really interesting for me so I personally loved it I was like I love chocolate I'm a rich rich chocolate girl so everyone's having like a bit of sweetener in theirs. So I was like I'm gonna have it straight I was like <laughs> and I loved it it was amazing when it was finished I was like oh is that it
1: yeah it's is naturally that- really bitter it's um but it, I love it. it yeah and you can so I personally make it with um uh, uh a non-dairy milk I mostly use oat milk um And then people add in, um, like sometimes people add in a lot of chili, which again has its own compound effects. I don't because I find I personally don't like it. And a lot of other people don't like it either. But yeah, um, cinnamon, um, natural um, sweetener, like um, agave syrup or something like that.
0: It was Uh, so nice though. I loved it. But I didn't, I wouldn't say that like, it's hard because it's hard to isolate how you felt because of one, the simple thing. Cause obviously the yeah. whole environment, like you say, was such a holding space environment. So, you know, everything was candle lit, everything was like really relaxing. The music was really amazing, like real, real journey with the music. So it's really hard for me to isolate, I guess, the cacao bit. Other yeah. than that it was really nice. Um. But what I would say is that I definitely felt like, So i will very transparent with everyone who listens to this. I've taken a lot of drugs in my (laughs) life. So not for a long time. Like I've been clean for like, and I say clean, that sounds like I was an addict, but as in like (laughs) I've not used anything since, oh God, I mean, we're talking like eight years at least, maybe six, seven years. Anyway, a while, right? Because it just doesn't interest me. I don't need feel the need to escape my life. I'm very happy. I don't feel the need to run away from anything. So I've also experimented with microdosing so last summer I microdosed for three months just to in the early stages of this central nervous system restoration to see how I felt and the way I would compare it because some people don't feel anything of microdosing by the way I did on a very low dose because I'm thinking I'm because I'm small right so I would compare it to the day after I'd microdosed mm. I was just a bit more chill like I was yeah. just a bit like what is that phrase is it manana? Is that just like yeah. like a bit like you know like just like, sure, whenever, no problem, which is not my natural character type. So <laughs> that's how I'd describe how I felt. But the bit I love the most was like, and I'm not a yogi by any stretch, was I liked the yoga. I really enjoyed the movement and how like that brought the feeling. So how you said about the, the movement, you know, helps the cacao work through the body because obviously it gets the the heart rate moving and obviously that gets pumped around the blood. So, you know, it creates that state of bliss. But what, I guess, why is it then used in a healing sense so I know you talked about like the chemical compounds and the science bit but I guess why pair that with something like in fact before we ask you that question let's talk a little bit about the sound bowls because Mm -hmm. obviously there's lots of different types Mm -hmm. and obviously this type is crystal which is intense it was I personally found it intense so I'm really interested to give people a little bit of background about that and then maybe we can talk about why you put two together.
1: Sure. So sound healing, again, is another modality that has been used for thousands and thousands of years. Um, it comes in various forms, all different kinds of instruments. Um, if you think about, I know I'm just going to use an example I think Lucy would totally relate to, um, the euphoric feeling of being at a rave and your tune comes on, right? There's You physically feel, just thinking about it, I can feel something happening in my body you know there's that there's a a, an openness that happens and if you think about how our bodies are made up I was thinking I remember exactly this science lesson at school and I think maybe because some part of my being knew that I was going to get to this point with sound was that you know our cells literally vibrate the cells inside us vibrate everything around us I'm sure everyone here has heard Lucy talk about vibration and um everything vibrates at certain levels so sound works with the vibration of our body to help us release what we're holding on to to reset i don't like to use terms i'm just going to turn this whatsapp off for me a minute because it might there we go it's going to buzz otherwise it's very loud um there were uh where was i sorry vibration sound vibration vibration. sound vibration so each different instrument hits us on a different wavelength and i don't like to use things like i don't like to use the word chakras anymore used it loads in the past i'm a reiki practitioner i'm a yoga teacher um i i feel like their appropriation of language that it doesn't necessarily serve us when my main job as a somatic sexologist talks teaches us to come into our body so why not use the anatomical terms why not use the physical parts in our body so that we can really put our mind to the the physical connection so so, some texts that i've read they talk about the alignment of energy and the connection with our different chakras etc energy centers in the body essentially we all vibrate and sound helps clear move, shift energy. Um, then what happens with these events is I always ask everyone to set an attention before they come. Then we intention set in the room. So we're already kind of, if you think about how we use the laws of attraction and manifestation, we're effectively putting something into our mind that we want to create. Then by using the words um, as it's happened already, we're we're creating this, there's a physiological thing happening with sound and there's the seeds that I've planted along the way with the emails people receive leading up to it and the words that I use through it with the connection to the body because through this event I use very specific ways of speaking to help people connect to their body you've then got this whole process where we're preparing ourselves to release, to let go. We're setting the intention of what we want to welcome in. And then you've got this ancient sound healing, which literally is vibrating through your body and working again. It's magic, <laughs> um, like the cacao does, like there's magical spiritual properties that perhaps we'll never really understand beyond the the kind of sciencey aspects. Certainly not, I'm no shaman. I'm no... Um, Tibetan monk that sat on a mountain for 21 days waiting for enlightenment, you know. Um, so we can understand that sound changes how we feel on the most simplistic level, as how you might listen to your favorite tune, it creates an emotion. But this actually hits us in that and deeper way through vibration. And you can physically feel like some notes will really resonate with your body more than others. And so I, I actually usually use gongs in my sound healing events. Um, my gong practitioner moved to Devon and I found it hard to find someone that's nearby that I can, uh, that's affordable. So I can bring really good quality practitioner, but also make it financially accessible for people and create a really high quality event there's a few things there and I've known Anna for a really long time. We did our Reiki two practitioner healing together and she's just the most beautiful soul, which was why I asked Anna to bring her crystal bowls. I've done crystal bowls with her before. My experience of the two different things is the crystal bowls hits completely differently. It's intense, but without this sense of like pinning you to the floor, um, the sound tends to move through you in slightly more subtle ways, but still still powerfully, I don't know how else to say it. Whereas the gongs, they move from like this gentle bit, like the, the crystal balls. sometimes the sound's really gentle and then it'll become more and more intense. But if you imagine that translated into a great big gong, it can be like a bang. Um, people liken that to being kind of pinned to the floor It's a bit more grounding a little bit more of a heavier kind of sound and the journeys are different either way they don't seem to to make any difference I always trust that whatever people are meant to experience in that time whatever they're meant to release wherever their intentions are whatever they're actually ready for so we can't release anything we can't welcome anything in that we're not ready for um So that's how I fast-forwarded a little bit, haven't I? Oh, no, it's great. That's that's how the two things came about. So my story with it was, essentially, I went to this cacao ceremony by a Mexican shaman. um, And I don't really know what I was expecting when I went there. But I turned up in this, like, cold village hall in West Sussex. And I sat on the floor for a couple of hours with no pad, no mats um no candles it was like hall lights and I was like I've been doing like events for a long time I know what makes a great event and and also I've learned over the years how to really um, I'm not sure what I feel about the term holding space because some people don't really understand what that means but create an event that is emotive that is transformational that allows people to feel safe and held and so I was like, the cacao is a, is great, it's amazing. And if I was gonna go to something, what would I want to create? I'd want to have a cocoon. I want want to be nesting and feel supported. I want to be warm. Um, I want the lighting to be calming. As someone that has had a very activated nervous system in the past, that you don't even have to walk into a room when I wasn't expecting you and I jump out of my skin. Um, like Lucy said earlier. Trauma isn't the thing that happens to us, it's how our nervous system responds to that thing. So I would say your goldfish could die or your grandmother could die. It's irrelevant of the thing. The important factor is how you feel about things, how you how your body ends up uh, responding, whether it's fight, fight, freeze, disassociation. Um, uh, it's
0: interesting that you say that actually, and there's something you said, I just want to take us back to back, said you only get what you're ready. For, and obviously yeah. I messaged you the day after and was like, this is what I feel that happened. So I feel like my intention, and I don't mind showing this because it's not overly personal. My intention was just to let go of anything that was going to stop me from going to what my and this is personal, I'm not sure, but my next level is there's a next level goal, I guess is the word, manifestation, creation, whatever, that I I really desire. Not want from a place of lack, not want from a place of need. But just genuinely desire, genuinely believe I'm worthy of, genuinely feel abundant about. And I'm like, that is that's who I want to be. That's where I want to be. That's who I want to be. The signs are there. Some of the outward manifestations are on their way. And I just felt like there was some trauma stories. That's the only way I can describe it, is like they felt like almost felt like stories running through me, but not me knowing what they were. It's it's so weird. It wasn't like it felt stuck. I didn't feel stuck like heavy. Yeah. I felt like there was always something moving that was kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It would be like getting in your car and you just can't get it off the drive. (laughs) And that's how I would feel a lot of the time. And I'd maybe like bump started down the road a bit, but never like get the engine to kick in. And I was like, come on. But that's because I'm so used to burning myself out. I'm so used to the, you know, like burnout. Okay, I'm dead, I'm burnout, I'm broken down, that's it. And I've had three nervous breakdowns in my life when I'm 35, right? So not surprising now, I understand everything, right? I'm like, oh, that's because I keep burning myself up. Yeah. So, but every time that's happened, then when I restore myself, the the burst of energy that comes from that from people who have, you know, when you can tap into your nervous system fully and people with sensitive nervous systems, naturally very empathic people too, are so freaking powerful. They mm-hmm. are unbelievably exceptionally powerful when they align themselves. And so what I felt like was I was just slightly misaligned, like I hadn't been to the chiropractor for a while kind of energy. And so I went with just the intention of whatever this is, I just want to let it go. I don't care what it is. I don't need to understand it for the first time ever. (laughs) I I don't need to know where it's come from. I don't need to know why. I just want to let it go. And I felt like that happened quite early on in the process of the event and then I actually found the sound bowls and I said to you, didn't I? Super, in, like almost like, paralyzing is a very dramatic word, but like like you said about feeling like pinned I didn't feel pinned flat, I felt pinned like this. Like and I thought, yeah. Like pin. yeah, and like, almost it was almost like I rolled into the recovery position. I was like, you know, I felt like I was like this. And I <laughs> think it's because whatever the intention was, I had to clear and it just showed me that there is more but I'm not ready, but that's okay. And for the first time I was okay with the fact that I'm not ready. And as Abraham Hicks says, my whole journey now is just getting ready to be ready to be ready to be ready to be ready Mm -hmm. rather than needing to be ready. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my like experience of it all but I've only ever experienced um, gongs in a very small way when I've had Reiki Mm -hmm. um, or when I've had any kind of uh, energy work, I guess, it's not just Reiki. Mm -hmm. And I've only really had it localized. So like I saw somebody when my shoulder was really hurting, not to do with my shoulder, weirdly, at the time they didn't know my shoulder was hurting, but they identified there was something going on with my shoulder and my neck. I -hmm. had Reiki in them. They did some gong work around this area and I felt a lot lift. So my only experience of sound is clearing. It's very much like releasing.
1: You can literally use sound to cleanse a room. So, you know, like some people use um, smoke clearing, or well, usually the term they use is smudging. Don't use that anymore. Smoke clearing, smudging is um, an appropriation. Um, sound does the same. So like I've got a little set of symbols that you can use that and it it helps clear the, the room. So it's- Can I it, get a
0: triangle like at school? Like ding. You can get a
1: triangle. You can even get crystal right. triangles. Yeah, I kid you not.
0: Can you send me one? Can you send me one that's actually <laughs> good? Because otherwise I'll buy something off Amazon and I won't know
1: what it is. I buy one off Amazon.
0: <laughs> I'm like, because I feel like like I my house is definitely a safe space we have a good this house is a good energy house like it's also brand new which really helps I think clean energy but I would just love you know like when I've been in a room or like we've had a heavy conversation or like you know we've I don't know you've had a bad day and you bitch and moan about it I'd love to just have something that's like just like because smoke clearing is not for me my lungs it's not for me (laughs) So
1: I actually do wonder how many um Like we were people like me are gonna end up with some form of like uh, (laughs) like if you have um, emphysema as a smoker because we've sat in rooms of Palo Santo and sage and incense. (laughs) I always wonder in the years to time is gonna be uh, uh, increased in this. Sound
0: sounds healthier. I'll take sound any day. So yeah, and actually, if you can make some recommendations, I'll put them in the links to this podcast. So if somebody's like, yes, I want to get on that. Um, I can put them in the links to this so then other people can go on it. So, right, if somebody right now, Nikki, is like, this sounds really interesting. You know, I feel like I'm on a growth journey because obviously most people that listen to me, again, like you said, I only attract people that are available to hear what I've got to say. That's the mm-hmm. truth. I have very high repeat listens because it means that people are ready to listen to what I'm saying. They are not. They don't come in and out. They're committed and they're all in on their growth. So with that in mind, how can somebody who's maybe been on what, let's say a more traditional personal development journey like a mindset journey like I was on and like I very much teach how can they what's a good stepping stone to bring in the somatic work and that's a big question and I haven't prepared that's you for a great it. question I think
1: that it's really important to remember that there is never one form of healing that is a magic fix there isn't a magic fix you're not you're not broken you don't need someone to fix you you need to learn to re-regulate your nervous system and connect to your body and stop disassociating and be an in integrity of what you really, really desire, want, need, but that requires us to come into our body. So the alignment of kind of well, not alignment's not the right word, but the understanding that the cognitive processing is great, counseling is great. Um, psychotherapy like all of those different talking modalities is great but without the piece of the body there will always be a section missing so in terms of my journey that looked like I did a first stint in the priory. um I have done endless counseling sessions I've seen psychologists like I've done loads of that and there was just something that wasn't quite missing and actually it was I think Partly being in the gym helped me connect to my body. Um, Then I found yoga, which I like the physical aspect of. I have problems with the way yoga is. I think it's taught from a little bit of an egocentric point of view, where it's all about the fancy poses and it makes it inaccessible. So if you can find maybe like a a yoga teacher that um, is encouraging you into your body, that's another great start It's a stepping stone then if you're ready somatics 100% somatic so I'm a somatic sexologist my passion is about helping people with their whether it's gender sexuality sexual trauma recovery um some people just is like body it could be just about our body so some I get a little bit frustrated that so much of the personal development work so much therapy is about everything else except sexuality but really that's like the root of our stuff in the most part um so learning connecting with some kind of somatic practitioner that might be someone that does somatic experiencing it might be someone that does somatic body work um but finding someone that does somatic something um and if you're not ready for that even a yoga practice that is restorative or yin and that can be a real challenge for people yin and restorative may look similar but restorative is the art of like softening and relaxing the body to calm the nervous system whereas yin um you're still activated you're working on deep deep
0: stretches both powerful
1: but different
0: I love that and it's so interesting and like this is why you know like with my courses I'm very much the head work right so I'm very much like personal development mindset clearing the beliefs the stories the narratives that everything but what I've gone back and done is added in to every single one of my courses a module about the necessity to restore the central nervous system so whether you're in the money course or the confidence course or the master course or whatever you're in right it doesn't really matter ultimately it's great that you've shifted all that stuff but now what you need to go look at is this. And I've built a little directory for everyone about like where you can go to find X, Y, and Z, because I'm not going to go and retrain. It's not, it's not going to be something I'm going to do. It's, I'm not called to it. If I'm honest, I'm actually being really called at the moment to go and train as a therapist, which is surprising for me. I'm just going to let that sit there for a little bit. I'm like, there's more to be done here. But yeah. I feel like, you know, that's if I'm going to go anywhere, it's probably going to be there. Right. Cause that's natural. I'm a naturally great communicator, that my 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 what's the word I'm looking for? My superpower is my words. That's always been the case with me. Mine is my words, and that's not necessarily my energy, if that makes sense. So I think, but I just now know that then it's a stepped process. So whether or not you start, and this is why I think a lot of people do start in the gym. like you said, like they start feeling them, they start to kind of trust themselves. they clear a lot of energy. they start to, and you know, i I hate that phrase, but you know, when people lose a lot of weight, I feel like maybe they do lose the the t- you know we talked about that basically the issues are in the tissues, tissues so exactly some people
1: actually lose weight through doing somatic trauma work because yeah. you actually yeah you you're hot you're holding on to this stuff as like a an armor yeah um really truly and one of the reasons i think that my sounds healing cow events are so powerful is because I combine the somatics. And I, I have I haven't met anyone else that did it. I mean, I'd like to because I want to be able to be held in the same way that I, I hold. But um, so this time we did yoga. Sometimes I do more like an ecstatic dance type thing. I was really called cool this time to do um the yoga practice. So I was combining like many different layers of my teachings. But always invited you in. So I think sometimes in anything woo-woo, whether it's I say woo-woo, not in a derogatory term, but to describe the kind of more holistic therapy aspects, um, kind of whether it's it's witchcraft type things or whether it's energy work or I'm a fan of them all. Um, <laughs> give them all to me. Um, but I think that um lost my train
0: of thought is what i think <laughs> but all um, i was going to say was i just feel like it's whatever you can get behind yeah. so i think it's wherever wherever you start is great so if you start in yeah. psychotherapy that's great if you start in the yeah. gym that's great if you start with reiki that's great if you start with cacao and that actually and i'm sure there are people that go to events you know hopefully yours but also like yours that maybe that's actually where they start because they're so closed off the thought of talking to someone is so fucking that's terrifying simple. that yeah. they can't do that so i think whatever feels good. And I think what I didn't understand viscerally was how much this needed and not not yoga and not massages and but how much I respond to Reiki and how much, and actually one of the things I've learned about myself and I imagine there's a lot of high performers that relate to this is that when I have to do the work myself, I want to diligently do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why Reiki works really well for me because I have to surrender because I'm not doing anything. So that's why I think I've had such great response as in like, I felt so different. My first Reiki was like, I cried loads. I was like lots of black and lots of darkness. And my second Reiki, I just laughed. I was laughing <laughs> my fucking head off for 40. And I was there like a naughty <laughs> child, like, should I be laughing? And he was like, just enjoy yourself. But the point is like, I respond really well because I it's the only thing that allows me to surrender. So I think start where you are and just know there's a place for all of it
1: at Absolutely. some point. Absolutely. And I think a good practitioner, this is one of the most important things I will tell you. You can only work at the rate that your nervous system is ready to work. If someone is pushing you for for answers to find something, they're likely acting out of their ego. Whereas a really good practitioner will always invite you in to observe, like I'm talking in a somatic sense, what is present in your body right now. I have a client who I've worked with for three years, I think now, Um, and I don't think she'll mind me saying this at all. In her first session, we spent about an hour trying to get her to focus on her big toe because she was so disassociating so much that to actually draw her attention to one place like her big toe in her body, was too difficult so whereas I think like the Reiki is fantastic it doesn't require you to talk and when you're ready come to this somatics isn't fast you are never going to get some magically quick thing and that's what high performers tend to want they want to come in I want a really quick answer all right let's fix this get it done job's good and doesn't basically work like me that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> somatics doesn't work like that at all It requires, and I'm really upfront with my clients with this, it requires you to be ready for slow, to be ready for still. But when we've been so activated in our nervous system, it's really difficult to allow ourselves to come into that. And it's really scary because what are you going to find when you get there? Do
0: you know what what you just said is so true? And actually that you literally, my brain just went, that's why you did that. So when (laughs) I think the reason that I created my courses the way that I have is that exact reason so almost I the, they get they're getting on the front end every, what I've always said is I'll give you what you want and then I'll give you what you really need it's like and,
1: selling fat loss when actually a uh, weight loss when actually what you're teaching is fat loss
0: right like, like <laughs> it's exactly that so like I'm going to give you what you want you say you want more confidence come do the confidence course during the confidence course I'm going to give you what you need which is teaching you that deep down, the reason that you're not confident is there's a core wound going on somewhere in there. And that core wound is physically vibrating in your body somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, but until you can do, you've got to give, I think in my experience, I've got to give high performers the work. And when you give them the work and they start plugging, ironically, it just gets slower as they get deeper and they realize they need to do this again and go again. And, and it's been interesting. I've got a couple of girls right now on the master course, which is very like progressive and it's slowing down and I'm like that's not a surprise to me because we've just peeling the onion but yeah. that's exactly you've just I almost didn't know why I'd done what I'd done and you just clarified for me because I've created courses for people who are high performers because that's what I am you can only teach what you are
1: yeah it doesn't surprise me at all um at all like when you wanted to go there I was like she's ready for that and <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, exactly. It's,
1: that. it's just the stepping stone that you're ready for and you just have to have so much compassion for the place that you're at and if you try and push yourself push your nervous system to so a place it's not ready to actually all you can do is like it's like a rubber band that's gonna bounce back
0: it's everyone's gonna listen to last week's podcast and say oh my god Lucy said that in last week's podcast Did she? <laughs> Did I, just a, I said a bungee cord like when you jump yeah. it's just gonna pull you right back because whether that's your beliefs your core wounds or your central mm-hmm. nervous system unless you clear and do the work, and do the work, do the healing, do the whatever word resonates, because some people really love the word work. Honestly, I just know that I have, my life has been, my outward manifestations in my life have been amazing and I've quantum leaped a lot of times. But where I find myself now is I know that when I'm actually able to release this band, as the Marianne Williams, is it Marianne Williamson quote goes, Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear Mm -hmm. is that we are powerful beyond measure. And where I'm at right now is the sense of knowing that the being ready to be ready to be ready is not going to be a little bump. It's not going to be, I get the car into first gear. It's going to be boom, we're in a hundred miles an hour. And so I feel like that sometimes is so terrifying Mm -hmm. knowing that when you clear there is no reason to hold yourself back there's no reason to procrastinate there'll be no reason to not believe you're fucking capable of absolutely everything when there's no story or trauma holding you back and I actually think that is more fucking terrifying than having the stories in the first place yeah
1: and it goes back to like what you were saying earlier we will do the things that keep us safe like if we always do something so say we always run away when things are difficult that might show up in different ways like going to do a, a yoga course in India or you know it it's we will always come back to the same ways that we make ourselves feel safe until we understand that and we break those patterns yeah to have to actually find where home is but that kind of requires getting past that step that is scary and it requires your courage.
0: And this is, I talked about this the other day on Instagram about the difference between a comfort zone and a safety zone. And I think there's so much talk in the personal development space about getting out of your comfort zone, which means getting out of like your, and it does literally mean that, you know, is in like, if you're always, if you're at work and you never put your hand up, you know, and actually put yourself over things, You know, there is an element there of, you're not really going to move forward unless you do it. But the mm-hmm. challenge is, unless people really understand this that their nervous system, mm-hmm. sometimes we mistake the concept of a comfort zone for a safety zone. Mm -hmm. and a safety zone is something you don't want to leave unless you are leaving it in in holding the space of knowing you're leaving it and you're willing to leave it and you're willing to see what happens and you're you know there's a support for you if you leave it and it doesn't go well and I think this is where sometimes broad brush personal development content makes me mad
1: (laughs) because I hear you I literally think that Every single person that trains to be a coach, whether it's a year-long ICF, which is what I did, or I don't know, like a short-term thing, I actually think it's irresponsible not to do a trauma-informed practitioner training and a consent training. Without those two things, you will be re-traumatising your clients.
0: Yeah, or projecting. And so one of the things that I've learned is that I... I've just asked myself this question whenever I'm doing a call. I don't do many calls, right? I don't have many active clients, right? Mm-hmm. And it's asking myself, this question, is, am I enabling this client right now or am I actually empowering them? Mm. And that was a question that I asked, my, I asked myself all the time. Am I enabling myself right now? or Am I empowering myself? So am I enabling myself, for anyone that doesn't know, in a, am I enabling myself to basically stay stuck, stay where I am, stay attached, stay connected to this person, believe I need this person to be, am, am I enabling myself to just stay where I fucking am? Or actually, am I empowering myself to grow and develop and change? And I think that's one of my biggest lessons as a coach. And it's interesting you said about trauma-informed coaching, because it's something I'm looking at doing, subject to what I decide to do next, obviously <laughs> the appropriateness of what I decide to do next. But it, it is, it's really understanding that trauma is not reserved for the few who have been through horrific things. Because ironically, the ones who've been through the horrific things are the ones... That f- that had the central nervous system to hold the, the horrific thing in the first place, and then likely went and did the work because it was so horrific. Yeah. It's for me, it's the subliminal things that eat away at us every single day in small ways mm-hmm. and just chip, chip, chip. That is what my experience of my central nervous system collapses. Think
1: about um, gaslighting and narcissism, um, emotional abuse, all of. I mean there's so many types of abuse that are so subtle the amount of people that don't even realize they're at the end of it all of that is an effect on your nervous system you only have to look at COVID and how that affected it that was like a a massive collective global thing every single person in the world experienced trauma from that not one person will have not on some level perhaps not as like catastrophic but on some level just the whether it was because you agreed with it and you were scared or whether you disagreed with it and felt in the minority and um ostracized like you know that every single person that it's just at what depth does that
0: impact our nervous system
1: Basically, this on brings me back
0: to what we were saying at the beginning <laughs> about the collective consciousness yeah I'm so ready to share this with you <laughs> okay so it's funny because basically so Nikki was she'd written down and she'd written on a piece of paper that she was going to talk about collective consciousness and I said to her at the beginning <laughs> I said I just really believe right now that you know people were talking about gut health seven years ago and that was the new fatty thing and now it's everywhere I believe central nervous system restoration and regulation is going to be like everyone I talk to who's in the same kind of sphere as me or just, Like striving for similar level goals or in masterminds is all doing the same work. And I was like, that's not a fucking coincidence. There's a book by a woman called Peter Kelly called Earth is Hiring. And in this book, she says that she believes mother earth knows what it needs. And that in every generation of babies born, they are born. It's not a coincidence. They're born with the same, when they get to 19, they all want the same things. They're generationally all the same. Now you could argue that's the environment they're born into and what they grow up in, but equally you could argue that's what they're born with. And so I do not believe it's a coincidence that a lot of business leaders, people in the personal development space, people in the empowerment space, people in the inspirational space, I don't know what other word to use, are all going through central nervous system regulation. And likely what will happen is a boom and a quantum for those people, because they will then make people become aware of the necessity of that. And to me, that's not a coincidence that this is something so many of us are working through right now. So with that in mind, I'd love for you to talk a little bit into collective consciousness before we close out.
1: Collective, collective consciousness is a thing because it comes back to that vibration, really. We are all energy. We are all vibrating. We connect one to another. Um, whether it's Reiki is transmitted from one person to another, whether it's the empathic person. I know there's an element of um, trauma response with empaths where they're, they can be on hyper alert. So they're really hyper aware of what is happening. essentially, I, we all feel, I sometimes use this example, if you were in a pitch black house, and no one was in, and you couldn't hear, and someone walked in the room, you would feel their energy. You would know that, right? Another example, in these events, I always notice a theme. Even if people come with different intentions, I always notice a theme. Um, The first time I noticed it really strongly actually was the spring equinox last year. I'd picked up on it before, but this is like the clearest version of it. I had had the most (laughs) wildest sexual weekends (laughs) and I had gone on a date on the Friday, had the most amazing time, just really connected with this person and had the time of my life until 3am. And then I was doing a dance event in London where um, I went to this dance event as a participant. And it was just, it was so empowering. There was so much like, just everything I needed to shift was like Tommy out. The music couldn't have been better, like everything. I had such an emotional release out of it. I felt so sexually liberated in myself. It was a real pinnacle of me, Connecting with myself, who I am, accepting my queerness, like everything that I've been journeying towards. And then on the Sunday morning, I taught orgasmic yoga online, um, which is basically it's like um, it's a somatic class where you invite people to connect with the body. And it's a space where arousal is welcome and you invite people, whether it, it can be there, it may not be there, but you're using breath work to help people connect with their sexuality connect with their genitals to connect with the the parts like it's a bit like um I said earlier sexuality in the personal development world and and therapeutic world is often like shoved in this box because it's so like still held in this kind of shame bubble but actually when we really embrace it it's so powerful literally our sexual energy is life force energy so I did this amazing class and it was just really beautiful. Um, and then I taught spring equinox sound bath with cacao. We did some ecstatic dance movement, um, and I kept getting messages afterwards. Like I was also <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was feeling pretty hot from my Friday night still, and um, I kept getting these messages where people had had really sexual experiences. <laughs> I've never had it before but I just had had such a wildly liberating healing weekend and I think I was probably just vibrating that really loudly but then it invited everyone else's higher consciousness into there. I never once mentioned anything like, but it literally was no different really from the spring equinox when you came. You know, there was we didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about sexual liberation, like nothing. It literally was somatic practices, inviting people into connect with their body. And I never like to guide people, so I, I it never. Th- I think it's not good practice to assume that if you say connect to your, I don't know. Just never assume what someone might be feeling in their body, or assume that their attention is in one place just because yours is. So I try and be quite open open-ended with my descriptions and words and how I invite people into their physical connections so um but yeah literally it was just such a profound example every single person's was different um this time the energy of leading up to this really felt like it was still a hibernation mode and it was still um People were still wanting to cocoon. I felt that energy really strongly. We weren't quite ready. We've not had that kind of bright, sunny March like we had, say, like 2020. We had that really hot spring, early spring, didn't we? Whereas still now it's kind of a bit dark and rainy and windy. Um, and actually, so many people were feeding back around the the fear fears that they were releasing. I don't know if you noticed that, but so many people in the circle and a few messages I've had since um and i just thought it really oh yeah it
0: was all the same it was but what's
1: so weird is none of us knew each other yeah no one knew each other no one knew what each other's tensions were we don't share before we do an opening circle um so the structure of the event is invite everyone in opening circle cacao um noble silence throughout go into movement so you're staying in your kind of i create the what what is safe for people kind of um environment and then into movement then sound and then only at the end do we share and yeah so no one knows
0: yeah it was so powerful at the end as well and just like hearing everyone kind of say very not similar things but similar energy Mm. and like you're so right I very much I really thought that by this point in the year I would be in a different energy state than I am and it's like I said I'm getting ready to be ready but I can feel that it's kind of like Mm, 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 mm. but it's it is and I definitely think it's connected to weather and, and I'm off my bear next week so I'm looking forward to some glorious sunshine to open me up but it was honestly just a really interesting experience and I would strongly recommend it to anybody that is on a journey of healing and growth and wants to get to know even if it's just you want to get to know yourself more and, and have that quiet space and ho- holding space that like you said it's really hard to describe but holding space for me feels like feels like I do this this movement to me feels like holding space like I am holding space for this conversation right now Every there's nothing else in my periphery this is what's here this is where I am and so even if you just want to be somewhere where your the energy in the room is holding space for healing and you want to be part of that mm-hmm. I would recommend it if nothing else because I believe that the rooms, the energy, the environments we spend our time in is the biggest indicator of where we're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with how hard we work or where we're from or our background or any of those things. I believe that where we spend our time, energy, emotion, the environment spent spend it in is what dictates the next. This is why I love events, full stop. Speaking events, inspiring events, conferences, concerts, okay. theatre. It doesn't matter. The collective consciousness, the collective energy in that room changes your vibration. And this is why when people go to like, you know, we're probably both big fans of Joe Dispenza. You know, a lot of people go to his events. They will like, you know, have no symptoms from Parkinson's. They'll be able to walk and they've been in a wheelchair and all these things happen and they go mm-hmm. back to their home and they go back to their environment and their environment cues everything about their life, their <laughs> brain, their programming, mm-hmm. and they can't they can't walk again. And it's because they've gone back to their environment. And so your environment is so fucking important if you want to change. And so if you want to actually heal, you need to be in healing environments. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so events like yours are exactly that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like who you spend your time with, what is your home like? Like um, you haven't been to this house yet, but I hold mm-hmm. um, uh, conscious sexuality events here. And every person that comes in is always like amazed about the space. And the reason for that is I really strongly believe that your home is literally, it's like it's reflecting back to you Everything I know there's limitations um, for, for some people, or maybe I mean, it's probably like the worst language to use because there's not, there's privilege. That's what there is rather than limitation. And, um... but it's such a reflection, like here the colors are sumptuous and dark and it's different textures and there's like sparkly things. And all of the things I wanted to reflect back on actually like sensual, empowering like just that make you feel amazing so I just always encourage everyone to to create their home to be like the bubble that they want they want to feel and then you look exactly. at your friends, awesome. and then yeah then you look at your work um you know there's always ways that you can choose to make your environment powerful for yourself
0: yeah and whatever energy you want to be in so like for example I put these frames up the other day I've moved my office around like death shifted it so I'm looking out the window rather than this way to the window and like we put these frames up and they say she's electric because that's yeah. my like, my energy is electric that's I'm like if you hear me speak on stage <laughs> they just say you may be hearing me speak somewhere very soon and it's very exciting um that's, I'm like an electric person I'm like when you turn me on I'm like boom we go like there's no like warm-up i mean <laughs> So then you've got easy tiger, because I say that, I love saying that to me, (laughs) tiger. And that also feels quite a sexual phrase to me. And I it kind of, like sometimes I'd say that to Josh and like have a little laugh. And then I've got, so Josh says to me, oh, hey you. That's what he says to me. So it's kind of like, again, a really fun playful energy. And then this one says, now I don't like the phrase of this when it's used, but it says (laughs) good vibes only, right? Now I don't believe in, I'll be really clear, that's not a belief system, good vibes only. This space is a good vibe only space only only when I am in a good vibration am I going to sit at my desk create content record a podcast put content out because I'm not serving the world if I step into this space in any shitty vibration
1: that's so brilliant because I literally have one that says good vibes behind me um (laughs) And actually I crossed it out and I wrote fuck toxic positivity.
0: I knew you were going to say that. I this, this But you know, like I said, when I basically, I actually won these in a competition on Instagram. So I won a whole I house. And so I was like, when I got them, I was like, they're the four for this space. In fact, there were two more, but they don't fit. But this one is this space is good vibration only rather than toxic positivity. And it's like, so
1: interesting because I like do like, what might be classed as like the shadowy aspects so I'm like, I want you to feel all of that stuff that is in there and I want to shine light on it. So it it's accepted and it's welcome. So I'm like, let it all out. Let me let me see what you think is your shadow. Let me see your darkness.
0: Which I love, but I'm that person that wants <laughs> Isn't this funny that we're both we do different things but the same. Whereas I'm like, let me get your vibration up. Spend half an hour with me and I'm gonna get you pumped or get you feeling <laughs> really good. Then you're gonna go, oh. I feel really good. What happened? You spent yeah. time with good people. Your people suck.
1: Basically. <laughs> I do the same from a different standpoint. The other ones say, um, let go of the thoughts that don't serve you. Or it said, let go of the thoughts that don't make you strong. And I crossed it out and made it what so, um, that don't serve you. And the other one is um, always bring your own sunshine, which I crossed out and put you are sunshine.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, what a lovely way to end it. So thank you so much, babe, for joining me. And thank you for sure. having, hosting an amazing event and for holding space for us all. I know everybody had a transformational experience in their own way. So that was, as always, the way that we see it. I will drop all Nikki's details, links, handles, and her recommendation for a triangle for my office <laughs> uh, down in the links below. But um, babe, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Always a pleasure, my love.